The Done and One Wonders Podcast Wonder Show will not be heard tonight, so that we can bring you the following Fire and Water special presentation. Greetings and welcome to the fifth installment of A Marvelous Anniversary, our seven-day celebration of the third anniversary of the Fire and Water Podcast Network, as well as the 80th anniversary of Marvel Comics Volume 1, Issue 1, published in 1939. This landmark anthology publication featured the first appearance of the longest-running Fire and Water-based characters the Human Torch, and Namor the Submariner. I am your host, Mortimer Claptrap, and today we are going to discuss the fifth story in this publication, a six-page action-adventure tale entitled Jungle Terror. This story was credited to be by a Tom Dixon, which was the nom de guerre for Armenian-American illustrator and painter Arthur Panagian who had created other notable Golden Age comic book works, such as Madame Fatal and The Invisible Hood, both published by Quality Comics. This story, Jungle Terror, does not contain such gaudily clad characters, but ordinary men of action and daring do. Adventurer Ken Masters and the teenage Tim Roberts go in search of Tim's uncle, the more seasoned Professor John Roberts, who had been missing for months in search of an Amazon jungle tribe that possessed a unique treasure. And of course, we have the crafty next-door neighbor, John Crafton, who, with some hired guns, follow our daring duo in order to procure the treasure for himself. We may never know the full story behind how the tale of jungle terror had come to be, But as we turn to the first panel of Hey, what's the big idea? Where am I? Good gosh, Ken. It's John Crafton. But he was... Wait, does that mean we are... You would appear so, Tim. But I cannot remember. Ken Masters and Tom Roberts. You're the ones who shanghaied me here, eh? I oughta... Hey, I can't move. What'd you do to me? None of us can move either, Crafton. Uncle John! Oh, the professor's here too. Well, that explains everything. You can't fool me, John Roberts, see? I'm wise to what you're really trying to... Silence! Professor John Roberts... Ken Masters, Masters, Tim Tim Roberts, Roberts, John John Crafton. You're all present to face judgment. Who who is that? 
I, I can't see... Neither can I. Ken Masters, Tim Roberts, explain your business for traversing to the Amazon jungle. We... we were searching for Professor John Roberts. My uncle. He went to the Amazon jungle to find an Indian tribe. Someone told Professor Roberts that the tribe had a diamond possessing hypnotic powers. A likely story. He had been gone for three months without any word. So we decided to fly after him in our own private plane. Fortunately, the professor marked a spot on the globe in his study so we knew where to go. Yeah, and my boy Slug was outside the window spying on the professor's plantation, see? And got wind of Master's plan. So we rounded up the boys to get ready to follow him in our plane. Yeah. Say, how come I blurted that out loud? I thought I was just thinking it, see? Next, I'll admit I sold out my own grandma to the G-Man back in 32... Yeah! What is your relation to John Crafton, Mr. Masters? He owns the neighboring plantation to Professor Roberts. He's a shady character that is not to be trusted. Hey, I resemble that remark. We will see to you momentarily, Mr. Crafton. Mr. Masters, continue. Well, the flight from Florida to the Caribbean was fairly uneventful. Except I saw Crafton's plane following us. Ken and I were wondering what he was up to the whole way. We were finally over the jungle, Crafton still on our tail. When we ran into a problem, the motor was missing. The motor was missing? I mean the engine missed, stopped dead. We were traveling like a lead balloon. We had to make an emergency crash landing in the trees. The plane was a loss, but fortunately, Tim and I were unhurt. Well, my head hurt a lot, and I was too groggy to stand. Ken had to carry me out of the plane as we made our way to the spot we thought Uncle John was. But we did not get far. I told Tim that I had the sense that we were being followed. That crafty Crafton's plane was still in the air, so it could only be... Savages. Hmm. Tim was right. A moment later, we were stopped by two dark-skinned natives in loincloths that held us at Spearpoint. They were talking like those old Tarzan reels. White man, stop. We take to chief. Come. <laughs> really? Mr. Crafton, tell us what you and your boys were doing while these events transpired. Yeah, well, the boys was just Mike Slug and Maze. The rest were too scared because of those jungle savage terror stories they read in the funny books, see? After we saw Master's plane dropped into the trees, the boys and I found a clearing to land our plane, and then we had to hot-foot it over to where Master's and the kid crashed. The plan was to follow them until they find Professor Roberts, see? We knew all about his plan to find that hypnoposit diamond, see? And when they get the diamond, we were going to let them have it, see? Let them have the diamond? No, no, I mean let them have it. Rub them out. Rub what? I mean kill them, see? And take the diamond for myself. Then we all head back to our plane and skedaddle, see? We barely got out of the clearing when one of them filthy savages hiding in the trees tried to get the drop on old slug. But Mike had his gun ready and got the drop on the savage instead. We thought that was the only one, but then Mike was hit with a poisoned arrow. 
Slug and I were surrounded as a dozen of them grubby savages came out of the bushes, pointing their spears and motioning Slug and me to follow them to their village. And what a dump! Bunch of shanty grass huts straight out of Robinson Crusoe. Chan. An enlightening perception. Mr. Masters, do you agree with Mr. Crafton's assessment? They were primitive structures, to be sure, hardly civilized. But I do admit that I had found it fascinating how this savage tribe was able to continue to thrive in such harsh jungle surroundings. Hmm. Tim and I were led into the tribal chief's hut, which was adorned with savage weaponry. With barely a look, the chief ordered our savage escorts to take us to the prisoner's hut, adding that he would kill us later. Is, Is that, that what you heard? Yes. Tim and I thought to come down here to get the professor out of a jam, and we ended up in a jam ourselves. I didn't think we would ever find Uncle John. So, you continue to assert that you and the youth came to the Amazon jungle to rescue John Roberts. We did, and we were very surprised to find the professor alive and well in the prisoner hut. Not as surprised as I was to see you. I asked the professor why he was a prisoner. It was my understanding that he had known this savage tribe. And the tribe was friendly and welcomed me to stay among them for a time. But when they saw that I was after the hypnotic diamond, they immediately threw me into their prison hut. But what the tribe must not have known was there was a large opening in the ground at one corner of the hut, large enough for a man to slip through. It must lead somewhere, so the three of us ventured through it and ended up in a dark underground cave. Professor Roberts. How long were you imprisoned before Ken Masters and Tim Roberts found you? Well, I was a guest of the tribe for about a week until I asked one question too many about the diamond. So, nearly three months. And you had just noticed the opening in the floor? I, uh, why, yes, I did. Strange that I didn't come across it before. I just remember the much smaller hole in the other corner to be used for, well, you know. Why don't you tell us what happened in the cave, Professor Roberts? Indeed. We were in pitch blackness, so the three of us clasped arms so we would not lose each other as we ventured forward. Eventually, we saw a light in the distance. As we ventured closer, the light had become as hot as a furnace in that cold, damp cave and we finally found the source, a dugout chamber filled with thousands of large, unrefined diamonds so bright that they lit up the room. Much of the diamonds were stored in large, rustic clay urns, but there were also piles of them on the floor near the chamber wall. Fascinated, I reached out to take one of the diamonds to, uh, study it when suddenly a voice told us to stop and put our hands up. It was Crafton and his henchman Slug. They had us at gunpoint, but how did they get down into that cave? Seeing how they was dying to know, if you know what I mean, sure. I decided to let him in on what we'd been through, see? How we landed our plane after masters cracked up theirs, and Slug and me's were captured by them savages. This part we know. Yeah, well, them filthy primates put us in a hut, see? But we easily escaped into the jungle and found a cave to lay low in case we were followed. 
And then we saw a light, too, and it led us right to those diamonds. Sure. While I kept the wise guys covered, I told Slug to fill all his pockets with as many diamonds as he could carry, see? After I did the same, we was going to take off and let the savages take care of these three. Except Slug was shot dead with a poison arrow before he could even reach that urn of diamonds. The savages were on these mugs' trail faster than I thought. I started to hightail it when... When I was hit by an arrow, too. And then... Then I died. Oh, I'm wise to you now. This is that purgatory place, ain't it? Where I get to be judged on whether I'm playing a harp or getting a pitchfork in my backside. Well, you're not taking me alive, see? Apparently not. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> well, uh, I was framed. Yeah, I was framed, I tell ya. Enough, Mr. Crafton. Okay, okay. Let's say we make a little deal, then. I read out some of the boys, see? Anonymously, of course, you understand? Then you can put in a good word with the man upstairs. I said enough, Mr. Crafton. Mr. Masters, what happened next? The professor noted that he heard the savages were coming from the tunnel of the prison hut, so I grabbed Crafton's dropped gun to provide some cover fire to hold off their advance while we made our way out of the cave the way Crafton came in. We then fled into the jungle. Since our transport was down, our only chance to escape was to find Crafton's plane before the savages find us. I managed to see the clearing and Crafton's plane through the trees, but we could also see the savages coming. So Ken told Uncle John and I to start the plane while he held them off with Crafton's gun. And how many of these natives did you slay with your weapon, Mr. Masters? None. I made sure to fire over their heads. I couldn't really blame them, after all. They were only... Ah, you see it, don't you? They were only only savages. Not much above humans, really. And like any scared animal, I was hoping the sound of the gun would be enough to make them back off. And it worked. I managed to hop onto the plane as it started to move to take off. Yes, we just made it away. True, but our trip was a total failure. Thousands of diamonds in that cave, and we did not get a single one. But that wasn't entirely true. I had actually managed to grab one of the diamonds during the row in that cave with the savages. And it was quite a beaut. Say, that's right. Great work, Professor. Except you mugs didn't make it, did ya? Because you obviously wound up like me, see? So what happened, eh? Did the engine miss and the plane crash in the ocean? Or maybe you killed each other fighting over the diamond, eh? I know I'd put an old slug in an old slug if he tried to take what was mine, see? I... I actually don't remember anything else after the professor showed Tim and I the diamond. The adventure just suddenly... stopped. So, you had stated, Mr. Masters, that your intent was to retrieve Professor Roberts from the Amazon jungle. And yet, after you had done so, you had still considered the trip a failure. Until the professor had showed you the diamond that he had stolen. Ah, well... By your own admission, you are no better than Professor John Roberts or John Crafton. You all simply believe you can invade another country at your whim and take whatever you want from an indigenous civilization? Well, you have to agree that the Indian tribe was, well, just a bunch of savages. 
not as civilized as we are, or as you clearly are, for that matter, to see the true value of what they had. So you can obviously understand that... Is, is this, this the so-called so white man's privilege for which many of your Western, Western civilizations, civilizations are known? Now see here. Now we're going to get some answers, see? What the bleepin' blue blazes is going on here? Ah, the one who had been the most honest amongst you of his intentions. For your candor, Mr. Crafton, crass though it may be, I shall grant your boon. You have all succumbed to the Akari, our most sacred relic to which you so primitively refer as the Hypnotic Diamond. Professor John Roberts was indeed welcomed by the Jungle Indian tribe as a brother until he asked a few too many questions about the Akari. So the tribe had decided to show Professor Roberts the Akari and it impelled him to confess the truth about the purpose of his visit, to steal the sacred Akari. The Akari revealed all about Professor John Roberts to the tribe, including the location of his home, to which he was to be returned unharmed, and without any memory of ever encountering the tribe. But as preparations were being made, the tribal scouts were made aware of your arrival, Ken Masters and Tim Roberts, as well as that of John Crafton and his boys. The sacred Akari immediately put a halt to your incursion, and forced the four of you to concurrently craft a fantasy scenario based on your hopes and ideals of your journey. A scenario designed to inform the tribe inform us of your true objectives. A scenario involving an exorbitant amount of treasure of which to plunder, from humble beings that you had painted with your vile prejudice to be ridiculously primitive and ferocious, even when rightly defending their territory and property, all so you could justify your actions of theft and murder as well as reinforce your smug sense of superiority and entitlement. But I was killed. That ain't my idea of an ideal situation. Indeed, Mr. Crafton. Apparently the desires of the other three had overruled yours. What do you mean? Are you saying these guys wanted me pushing daisies? Why, I ought to... So everything we had just been through wasn't real? Did you not find it odd that the motor in Ken Master's plane had suddenly... missed, just as you had reached your destination? Or that the large escape hole in the corner of Professor Robert's prison hut was not noticed by the professor for almost three months? Or that the dark cave was lit by thousands of diamonds, even though there was no ambient light for the diamonds to reflect in order to create such an effect? So this was all... A test of sorts? Indeed. A test to see whether we should welcome these new light-skinned strangers into our homes and hearts, or whether they would be just as avaricious and contemptuous as Professor Roberts was. Sadly, we have our answer. You will find that all three of your planes are in full working order, set in a clearing outside of our village. 
Mr. Crafton, your companions are sleeping in the cargo hold of yours. Another touch of the sacred Akari will have you return to those plains and return to your homes in Florida and forget that you had even wanted to come here. And this entire hypnotic fantasy will seem like nothing more than a fleeting dream or one of your tall tales. So you're just gonna write us off? Bar the white man from your tribe and land forever? Oh, we do not make such snap and harsh judgments as you do, Mr. Masters. We have embraced brothers and sisters of many colors into our tribe, including yours, and we will continue to do so. But those that show harmful intent and disrespect should not expect to be welcome. It will be interesting to see how your civilization will behave in the years to come. I wonder, after your lifetime, say, 80 years from now, will your civilization be truly civilized and enlightened enough to build upon each other's strengths and create wonders for the benefit of all? Or will you continue to weaken yourselves with petty divisions and bigotry and inequality? We will just have to wait and see. Mr. Masters, Mr. Roberts, Professor Roberts, Mr. Crafton, this is farewell. But wait, I know we're going to forget it anyway, but could you at least tell us who you are? You already know our name, Mr. Masters though you do not pronounce it correctly. We are the Sauvage. Hours later, though they do not realize it, at the Florida home of Professor Roberts, Ken Masters and Tim Roberts, the professor's nephew, are talking. I tell you, Tim, we shouldn't have let the professor go into that jungle. Three months have gone by, and we have not heard from him as much as a... Ken! Tim! Good gosh! Uncle John! You're back! Did you find the diamond? Diamond? Oh, my boy. That story about the hypnotic diamond was all balderdash. So I decided to take a three-month vacation in Tahiti. It's, it's a, a magical, magical place. place. And I had this wondrous daydream on the way home. I think it might make a fantastic story for one of those comic strip magazines from that timely publication outfit. But I cannot write worth a scratch. I know. I'll call on my good friend Arthur Panagian to put it all together. I wonder if he's still using that Tom Dixon pen name of his. That's my uncle. If nothing exciting happens, he'll just make something up. <laughs> <laughs> And it was quite amazing how much story Mr. Panagian was able to pack in just six story pages. Just zip, zap, bang it out, and then you're laughing. Simply fascinating. Thank you for listening to me prattle on about Arthur Panagian's Jungle Terror, a complete adventure story. Be sure to tune in tomorrow to the Fire and Water Podcast Network as their resident rubber man, Max Romero, presents another exciting tale from the first issue of the first volume of Marvel Comics.
in the next installment of their marvelous anniversary. In the meantime, please feel free to leave a comment on this installment's show notes page at fireandwaterpodcast.com. I am Mortimer Claptrap, and good day.